This fantasy football preview edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. And for a limited time, get your share of $100 million in prizes once you enter the DraftKings free survivor pool. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code SGP to get in on all the action. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage of the sportsbook with NBA, NHL, college football, and MLB back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co, promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers, and to make it super easy to start your own sportsbook, Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at acepread.com slash SGP. That's acepread.com slash SGP. Also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below the belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SGP20. Finally, do not forget to sign up for the free roll football contest where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Contest sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, baby. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog football, Sean football. As we speak. Yes. We are now what less than nine days away from kickoff Thursday night football. That, you know what? It sounds about right. I mean, we're taping this September 1st. The uh, September 10th is the opening night. It, we got the uh, Houston Texans, Kansas City Chiefs. I'm looking at a countdown clock now. It says eight days, six hours, 23 minutes, and 11 seconds. We are under until the National Football League is pumped into our veins. It's been so long. <laughs> and of course, we're presented by mybookie.ag right now that opening night game Houston Texans getting 10 points in Kansas City feels big will the dogs be barking we'll be breaking that down next week for the week 1 NFL picks podcast but the mybookie.ag super contest is open $100,000 guaranteed to the first place winner all you got to do is pick 5 games each week against the spread. I know we'll be doing that on our podcast. Kramer. So easy. Seems so easy, Sean. So easy. What could go wrong? All you got to do is pick five games, pick them against the spread. It's just that easy. You know what's almost easier? Getting the sweet deposit bonus over at mybookie.ag when you use the promo code SGP. 100% deposit bonus. Let's go, baby. Head on over to mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP to play, win, and most importantly, get, get paid. paid. Oh man, I am. Uh, we're doing the fantasy football preview. I'm. It's full fantasy mode. 
full fantasy mode. And if you missed it, our podcast before this was the Mike Leach interview slash college football preview podcast. So many good lines from uh, the friend of the program, Mike Leach, as always brought the heat. He gives you some interesting angles. And then there's always, it's always interesting prepping for the leaked interview. Cause you want to, you want to get a good question to kind of set him up. And the interviews always ends up going in unique angles. You know what it is, Sean? He's not your typical football guy no. or coach where they just kind of ramble on yes. uh, with their, with their talking points. He's a thoughtful guy who he really yeah, responds he, well to thoughtful questions. So if you can, if you can drop the right bit of, uh, of mixture into the water, uh, sometimes you just get, you get some magical uh, life coming out of it. I mean, you, you, he's famous for some of those press conferences talking about whether it be the mascots, which he also, you know, he broke down the sec mascots on, on, our, on podcast. Our, our podcast, but he also just talking about marriage, just talking about off the wall, talking about his fondness of meat on a stick. Yes. The food <laughs> on the, the food on a stick discussion uh, in the leech interview worth the download just off that. So Make sure you check that out. And then all our division preview podcasts, those are out. Uh, scroll back in your feed, get those. I mean, we did some deep dives early in the summer on a top 10 fantasy uh, podcast. Check those out. Two mock drafts, the best two ball mock draft. tracks, super flex, a super flex draft. We're doing it all. And come at us. The fantasy football preview podcast you're about to hear. Uh, we do a little bit of everything. We bring on, <laughs> I mean, how little this, a right? lot of ins, a lot of outs. The dude abides. We, you know, we, we, we kick it off with a little breakdown. The, the top of your draft, those first six rounds, kind of breakdown. Who, who do you like? Who's kind of like the guy who's going to exceed? And well, uh, Sean, the tease. come on, don't bury the lead. It's football season. The lock dog tease is back and we fit. And for those who haven't heard that before, yes, that is me singing. Uh, and yes, it, it was not Marilyn Monroe. I know it could be confusing, but we, we break down the lock dog tease of those first six rounds, kind of telling you the guy, the guy we fancy the, the bar, the DMX dog. Give me a little dog sound effect, Sean. The guy we think is just hungry and a nice value there. Maybe you reach for him, and then of course the tease. The guy you need to run from. Yes, just not like, like a three-team tease, but a guy who is who is teasing you, not going to give it up. Just like the stripper who seems to find all the shadows in the club. <laughs> and we do that with the, uh, with uh, our, our new uh, friend of the program, Ryan. We're adding a, a lot of uh, yeah, a lot friends, of friends here, and uh, yeah, make sure you check that out. That's, I mean, well, you're listening to the podcast, so you're going to hit it uh, coming up here in a segment with Joe Dolan. And then after that, we got a segment with our own uh, fantasy writer, Adam Pelletier doing, building our own uh, deep sleeper team. That's awesome. Before we get to oh, Jesus, the portion with Joe Dolan of the fantasy feast uh, podcast, amongst other things, calling out DJ nation, Ryan, we have a DJ dynasty league. That's right. Mm. Do you want to join a dynasty league? With guys like uh, Colby Dant, the Dantavase, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee, oh. a number of our uh, fantasy football writers. We have three spots available for the DGen Dynasty League. You have to be a DGen only, rule number one. You have to be available for the draft Saturday, 4 30 Pacific time. Uh, we've already decided on the, all the rules, so you get no input there. Yep. So uh, you'll have to deal with that. It's happening, like I said, Saturday, four thirty Pacific, two hundred dollar buy-in. Email us your case for why we should choose you for the oh. Dynasty League. 
podcast at sports gambling podcast.com podcast at sports gambling podcast.com. Say, I want in on the DJ dynasty. What are you doing to spread the word out there in the streets? What are you doing to help? Uh, any sort of marketing campaign that you're off doing on your own. Yes. It certainly would help your resume, your application go right to the top of the pile. And, and so. again, as always, uh, we priority to uh, U.S. vets and uh, active uh, members who uh, are Air Raid certified. So those two groups always get uh, top of the list. But seriously, and email postal in. service, right? Yeah. Postal service. We, <laughs> yeah, whatever. If you're if you're sporting the country, you'll uh, you'll get shot up the list. Podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, oh, by the way, if, if you if, if what we said wasn't enough, Dick Olson. Oh yes, confirmed in the league. The shadowy figure that is known as Dick Olson will be in there as well. So email in if you want to be part of the dynasty league that we're starting. Kramer, my first ever dynasty league. You know, I'm I'm dipping my toe in the fantasy. It's like buying a house or marriage, bro. Yeah, it's a long-term commitment. I've been used to these short-term commitments because I'm just racking up best ball league after best ball league <laughs> over at DraftKings.com, loading up on a week one millionaire maker lineups. If that wasn't enough, they're they're adding to it because they're putting you in the center of the action. Two shots at a one million dollar top prize. So get in on all the actions over at DraftKings. Download the app. Use the promo code SGP. And again, they're doing an instant giveaway. You got a shot at a share of $100 million. All you gotta do is enter the free survivor pool over at DraftKings. Again, you guys know survivor pool completely free. free. And again, use the promo code SGP. So you get that free bonus, that free shot at millions of dollars in giveaways, the instant bonus. Imagine being the guy turning down the free thing. If it's free, it's for me. Download the top rated DraftKings app. Now use the promo code SGP. Again, get a free shot at a million dollar top prize. And for a limited time, get your share of $100 million in prizes. Once you enter DraftKings free survivor pool, that's promo code SGP to get in on the action for a limited time. Only at DraftKings. minimum $5 deposit required. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Joining us on the line, co-owner of FantasyPoints.com and co-host of the Fantasy Feast podcast with Ross Tucker and a regular at SiriusXM Fantasy, Joe Dolan. Joe, what's happening, man? It's good to be with you guys talking ball. Uh, I guess it's it's finally started to feel real. Like um, like a lot of you people, uh, I. I even was slacking. I own a fantasy football website <laughs> and I was slacking on getting like my invites for my hometown leagues with my buddies out where I'm the commissioner. Um, and I, I, I sent them out two, three weeks later than I typically did. Um, but I think people are really starting to get into it. We're starting to see the interest rise. I don't know if you guys are seeing your listens go up, but it does really feel like people are like, Oh man, they're going to pull this off. There's going to be an NFL season and, uh, and, and with NFL comes fantasy comes betting and all, all that glorious stuff that goes with it. So uh, I, I mean, fortunately I've been preparing the last six months, just as I always would. And we're finally at the doorstep and I am so glad that we're here. Um, there was times when we were wondering if we would get to this point. So fingers crossed uh, another week 
uh, until we actually see some real life NFL action. Not we, we, are the, we are the preppers who are finally, we are excited for the apocalypse to be here. Uh, you know, it's funny. He, he brings up something close to my heart too, which is I've been, I st- as a gambling ho- host of a gambling podcast, I've still yet to send out my local pick em pool for this year too. And it is, it does feel like it's starting to be real. Like not just like in the last week or two, like in the last day or two, it seems like people are like, "Oh shit, football's a week and a half away. Yeah. Let's well, go." Well, and, and I think people were scared of getting hurt. We, we you know, from March until <laughs> now, we've just had sports pulled away from us, and we get excited, <laughs> and then it goes away. Yeah. And, and so I think people were like, oh, "I'll just hang in this NBA bubble. The NBA is safe. I don't want to put my heart out towards football to have it broken once again." But now, I, you know, we're two weeks out, less than ten days away from opening night kickoff, and people realize, oh, "Hey, the NFL." For all intents and purposes, doing a good job with the COVID nineteen. Again, knock on wood, it looks like things are going to go, and people are ready to just step on the gas and go into the season. And of course, fantasy gambling—it's—it's it's all happening. Sean, I'm looking at my calendar right now. I have seven fantasy drafts over the next ten days. <laughs> I am so ready for this. I've been stretching. It's Let's the go. Most wonderful time of the year, boys. That's I—I'm—I'm uh, I'm seeking out leagues to join right now. Wow, because I—I I need to draft. Yeah. That's uh yeah, that's a rare position, especially I'm sure you're in the same boat where everyone in your life that's kind of connected to you is like, oh, we gotta get Joe in the league. He knows fantasy, like, and they're just hitting you up for questions and whatever. Oh. And I, I feel like I'm always in the point where I'm trying to leave leagues. <laughs> you gotta put up slowly. boundaries. And just realize, like, okay, five leagues is enough. Well, but and, you know and be- the beauty of the, the modern day fantasy football is I can get my draft fix with best ball. Yes. And let's just say, you know, mm-hmm. I have a hundred best ball teams. That's okay because I don't have to go back and look at those. You don't have to set the roster. It's so great. Yeah. So uh, I have friends. Uh, me, me and Tom Brawley, who is my uh, my colleague over at FantasyPoints.com, we we call them our August friends. Are uh, uh, oh yeah oh you know what you know who I haven't checked in with in a while Dolan I wonder how he's doing by the way I have a keeper league uh, yeah. Uh, yeah you don't hear from him like from January to uh, and then late August and, and gun to your head Kamara or Zeke let's go I need I'm winning yeah. this year well Zeke right now yeah exactly Jesus. as we're talking right now Ge- but, and we yeah, so. and we have Kamara on on the screen over our shoulders and holy shit first the the Fournette news was like a mild tremor compared to Kamara mm-hmm. potentially on the move and, and then Kamara and just as like right before we hopped into the studio I, I checked Twitter and Kamara put out a statement saying that he's not holding out and he's not seeking a trade so oh. I, I I think maybe he he maybe he saw the Saints bluff we'll see where this ends up going but uh, I, I I'm not gonna move him down right now but uh, Joe are you are you doing anything with Alvin Kamara like in in a mock draft or if you're drafting tonight are you still taking Alvin Kamara? Uh, right there in the first round. First and foremost, let me just let me just uh, give a little bit of a statement on the state of fantasy because you guys mentioned best ball. The mock draft is dead. Like, <laughs> yes. if, if, like I, I'm not doing mock drafts anymore. If I want to quote unquote mock draft, I'm going to do a three dollar best ball. <laughs> yeah, there's not a ton of high stakes, but I have a chance to to, to win something in the end. So, and I want people who are going to take the damn thing seriously because <laughs> you know, uh, somebody somebody who's a jackadoon he could me- me- mess up your. Uh, he can mess up your uh, your mock draft, but anyway, here's the deal with Alvin Kamara. I'm glad I'm not drafting one of my main leagues tonight because yeah. um, I would probably move him down my board, maybe below Derrick Henry, maybe below Dalvin Cook, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Although I'm kind of with you guys, I think as 
robust as these negotiations have been through the media. I mean, we've Josine Anderson. Oh, they're the saints are willing to trade them. And then you get saints beat reporters like Jeff Duncan and Nick Underhill. They're like, well, they, they, they are considering it. However, they probably would rather get something done. Charles Robinson said the saints are looking at the Joe Mixon contract extension, which literally just got signed about three hours ago. Um, and while McCaffrey, or, uh, excuse me, Kamara is looking as he probably should at the Christian McCaffrey extension as, as his baseline for what he wants to get paid. And eventually we're going to end up somewhere in the middle, but I don't know about you guys. The, the first reaction is to panic when you see something like that, because if Alvin Kamara gets traded, I mean, there is nowhere on planet earth where maybe, maybe with the exception of the San Francisco 49ers, where his value is going to be where it is on the new Orleans saints right now, because anywhere else he goes at this point, either the team is going to be worse or the team is already going to have some sort of an established back. Who's going to have a role. So if, if Saquon, uh, excuse me, if uh, Alvin Kamara got traded to the New York giants. All right. First and foremost, I don't know why the giants would do that. But second of all, they already have Saquon Barkley. If Alvin Kamara got traded to the Kansas city chiefs, Clyde Edwards, Alaire is probably going to have a role somewhere. San Francisco. I think you could convince me that they are not going to put Raheem Mostert on the field over Alvin Kamara, but the for fantasy purposes, there's nowhere he goes where he's a top five pick. Like he is with the new Orleans saints at this stage. Yeah. So we, and, and, and we really hope he's not on the move. Yeah. And especially with drew Brees and, and kind of the questions of arm strength right. later on in his career, that check down that three years of back to back to back 81 receptions. If you're in a full point PPR and he goes to a place where maybe he's only going to get 50 targets in that offense. That's a huge, I mean, yeah, Horrible. that's a huge swing. And that I'm in, being said, sorry guys. Oh, I was just gonna real quick. I'm in an interesting predicament. I'm in a, a handful of FFPC main event leagues, mm -hmm. and one of my drafts is tomorrow at 7 p.m. And I have I, I have the seven pick, and I I I I'm sorry the nine pick, and I'm sure as shit if he if he starts tumbling to me, I'm 100 percent going to take him. Yeah. And and I and, and I hope people overreact to it because I, I think this is much to do about nothing right now because it is he's trying to get money he's in a you know it, I get it but he's going to be on the field because he understands the best way to increase his value is play on the Saints offense period yeah and and for sure and the uh, I think the 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 initial reaction like you guys said is panic 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 we get all these tweets coming out but then you know Charles Robinson like I said well he's looking at more like twelve they're looking more twelve million he's looking at sixteen million. If the Saints are willing to look at the Joe Mixon contract, Derrick Henry contract, the 12, 12 and a half million, and they're willing to approach that number, that doesn't scream to me like, hey, we better get out from under this guy while we can. That it's it screams a team that's trying to create some leverage. I think this is classic negotiating through the media. My I do not want to panic right now. But if you want to take a guy like Derrick Henry, maybe even a guy like Joe Mixon, even though I don't think Mixon's ceiling is anywhere near as high as Kamara's, yeah. and just say, hey, I want that safety, I think I can sign off on that. But I'm not dropping Kamara out of my first round. And like you said, if I have the ninth pick and high stakes draft, there you could be looking like hours after your draft, and the eight people in front of you who passed on him might look like morons. <laughs> like that, that that could be the whole the whole situation. So I'm not moving Kamara down too much. The fact that the Saints are willing to in, enter contract talks that says to me they want to get this thing done. This is a team that is all in for 2020, yeah. and I think Alvin Kamara understands that. Yeah, Why I mean, would they make their team worse? And real quick, the other side of this is I I would say it's okay if you want to bump up Latavius Murray. 
because he he's, oh, sure, he could sure. be serviceable regardless. And he, right now, uh, you know, he's he's going pretty far down that draft board. So I would imagine if you're in slow drafts, you're going to start seeing people pluck him Best out ball, real quick. He starts he starts uh, showing up there. Yeah, and, round, yeah, and exactly. I think if you're Kamara, you just point to with a Taysom Hill contract and go, oh, "Come on, you're paying <laughs> yeah, this guy hell, ten guys? million dollars. <laughs> uh, he's he's not a quarterback. Oh. He's just kind of a guy that hangs around." All right, let's get to it. Let's actually talk some picks. We're gonna go round by round through the first six rounds, and we're gonna each give out kind of a lock, a dog, and a tease. And the lock being a guy you love in this round, you think he his ADP makes sense. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna just be a solid pick here. In that round, a dog is a guy that maybe even a little, uh, you know, the market a little down on him. You think he has a chance to excel, and a tease being a guy, he's in that round right now based off ADP, but you don't want anything to do with him. Kind of hands off, and uh, the lady at the strip club, like, don't don't go back to that back room. (laughs) Do not do that. Stay away, Kramer. Let's kick things off. Who do you got as your round one lock, dog, and tease? Well, so we're going to do all three at once. I okay. Think so, okay. Yeah. I like that. I mean, other than the obvious Christian McCaffrey choice, yes. which felt a little bit like you giving out that minus 500 lock the other day, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go a bit of a zag theory here. And I'm going to say the lock for me in the first round, the safest picks are the, the Michael Thomas Devonte Adams wide receivers because of the floor that they're going to provide with that target share. And, and although it kind of completely clashes with my idea that you have to come out of the first three rounds with two running backs, I do think when I'm sitting on the back end of some of these drafts, I find myself debating running backs. I'm trying to convince myself on versus receivers. I know are just going to be stone cold studs. So I'm kind of cheating the lock in the first round, but that would be my angle there. My dog is 100% and I'm probably stealing your guy, Sean. That's Austin Eckler. I love, I love his ability to produce here. And I've had a couple opportunities to take him in the 12, 13 spot, pair him with another guy. I, I really like his upside here. I, I'm not sure. I believe in Justin Jackson taking much away from him. And I think the way Tyrod plays ball, uh, he's going to be involved. He's going to be catching the ball. I just love his, his, his energy La- and last guy, the tease. It's kind of a a, a smattering of two guys, but I'll I'll, I'll limit it to one, and that's Edward Solaire. You you can't win your draft in the first round, Sean, but you can lose (laughs) it. And I I think when you go all in on a guy that you're not really sure who the handcuff is, you know, the reason I would say like Dalvin Cook is a safer play here, even though he's an injury risk too, you know who the handcuff is. With Edward Solaire, I think you got to take a shot on a couple guys, and it's Andy Reid. It could be a guy that's off the roster right now. So. I love what he did in LSU. I, I I love the concept of him in that offense. I'm not willing to mortgage my fantasy team on him this year. Yeah, Kramer, I'll, I'll pick up from there. My tease is also Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I, I just think the market's overreacting a little yeah. bit based on 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 you know him being in the middle of the first round in some ADPs. Uh, I, it seems like if you want Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you have to draft him in round one. You look at Lashawn McCoy's rookie year, a guy that they got in the second round, high second round, which is, is, you know, up there for Andy Reid and running backs, even he, and he had a good rookie year. He had 637 rushing yards, four touchdowns and 40 receptions. So yeah, that's a great rookie year, but that's not first round fantasy potential. And even if Edwards Hilaire beats that by a decent chunk, I just think the chiefs don't lock in on to one running back and they have so many other pass catchers. I think it's just going to tough. It's just going to be tough to get up there points wise. My dog, of course, miles Sanders, 
Uh, he's even dropping a little bit because of the soft tissue injury. But if you read the Eagles beat reporters every day, which I do, uh, they're not scared at all. He's going to have a heavy, he went heavy in the workload. Second, second round of a best ball draft I did last night. Yeah, and, and I'm putting him in the first round again. Some of these, you know, maybe it's kind of a little all over the place with ADP, but the fact that the Eagles didn't sniff at Devonta Freeman or even Leonard Fournette, any of these I can't other wait for them to sign Leonard Fournette. <laughs> well, he, he's on the uh, he, Steelers signed him. No, right? I know. I know. Oh, okay. Any other? Uh, they haven't looked at any other running back, so that to me says they're completely fine with Miles Sanders and the lock. Don't overthink it. Christian McCaffrey, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's just going to be checking down to him all day, and that's even a fun uh, like best ball stack. The Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey, easy completion PPR wheelhouse. Joe, uh, what are you doing here for your lock dog and tease in guys for the first round? Well, I was I was much like uh, your co-host, and I was thinking Christian McCaffrey is a little too obvious <laughs> to be my lock. Yep. So my lock is actually going to be Derrick Henry. I think he's the safest pick on the board, and this is shocking for me um, because I I was a dare Derrick Henry anti-truther. I guess you would say I was a hater for a couple of years, and it just turns out Derrick Henry was completely misused in Tennessee. He is not a rotational back. He is a true hammer bell cow. And I, and we're hearing from people in the organization that he is going to be used more in the screen game this year. Now I don't expect him to catch 90 passes like an Austin Eckler, but just 30 passes. Plus he's the best bet in the NFL to get 300 carries. That is a safe pick. And I am totally fine moving him into the top five. If you want to bump Alvin Kamara down with this contract dispute, my dog uh, is miles Sanders. I, I totally agree that I am. I am told from people close to the organization, this injury is nothing to worry about. By the way, he also dealt with hamstring last year in training camp. And though he got off to a slow start, I don't think it had anything to do with his hamstring. He was just acclimating to the NFL. You can get this guy at the one, two turn. He was the number three running back over the final six weeks of last season behind only McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. And uh, my tease, the guy I'm fading it's Michael Thomas. And Ooh. the reason is not because of Michael Thomas. It's because I want one of these running backs. I will, I will take uh, Michael Thomas is objectively a safer pick than Joe Mixon, but I will take Joe Mixon. If I have to, if Michael Thomas falls, because I want one of these running backs. So Michael Thomas of the guys with the first round ADP, I might look foolish for that, but I think he is the guy I, like they all have first round ADPs for a reason. You have to, you have to ding somebody and I'm going to ding Michael Thomas because he's a wide receiver in this instance. You know, it's funny as I threw him out there yet, I would still probably not take him in the first half of the draft. It is. I've been experimenting back into the draft, taking double wide receiver, seeing how it turns out later. And I just don't love that third and fourth tier of running back. So I hear you. I think you, I think from a, a game theory perspective, it's hard to not grab a running back in the first two rounds. Kramer, what are you what are you doing? Round two, lock dog and tease. Well, and this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to that receiver position and say the lock to me is Julio Jones. Uh, that offense is gonna go off. I, I think I you could argue D Hop. I equally don't quite understand why he's sliding to the end of it. When I can get Saquon and D Hop, that feels strange. But Julio again. I'm, I'm zigging away from the fact that you're probably going to want to take a running back, but because of that, because everyone knows that these receivers are going to slide down the board. I think Julio's a lock to produce. He produces every goddamn year. I don't see this year being any different unless you're a Matt Ryan is, is already fallen off the cliff. <laughs> I think he's got a year or two more. So may, maybe this is the last hurrah, but the defense is still going to suck. So Julio, I, 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 I do like as my lock here, my dog, 
Uh, depending on where you're looking at the ADP, he's not always a guy uh, that's going to be in your round two. But I'm okay if you want to reach for him at the end of the second round, and that's James Conner. Um, again, there's speculation that Fournette could end up in in, in Pittsburgh. Um, I, I don't know. I, I the messaging out of Pittsburgh feels a little bit like J- James Conner is in for a year. He's quote unquote in the best shape of his life, which always scary to read because that's, that's that's about as cliche as they come. But uh, I would say he's one of the last running backs at this point where I'm feeling like excited to be drafting him. And then uh, my tease for this round, if God forbid you're in a round where someone's trying to just don't take a quarterback in the second round. So I'll Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, whatever you want to throw in here. Uh, I, I'm guessing they're both right in that fringe end of second round. I just stay away. Don't, be smart. There's lots of quarterbacks this year. Don't let the quarterbacks entice you. Well, for my round two lock, I am going Austin Eckler. I mean, you're right. He's right there at that 12, 13. So kind of dependent on what ADP you're looking at, oh, but he's a stud. I love, I, it. I love Eckler. And you know who else loves Eckler? Anthony Lynn. <laughs> like if you watch hard knocks, he's, he's bragging about he's an how old they got running Eckler. back. Yeah. He's like, this guy is, he's what he, this is what this is effort. And if you're bringing in Tyler, Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert, you want to give that guy easy completions. And Austin Eckler is the guy. Uh, I don't see them hyping up the other running backs a lot. And it just seems like Austin Eckler is just going to get a ton of volume. And even if, and their defense is pretty good. So I think they're going to be in games where they want to, you know, pound the rock, give them easy completions, get the screen game going. My dog mm. uh, is Aaron Jones. I, I think the fantasy market as a whole, maybe getting a little too cute with the fact that Aaron Jones is set for such a major regression. But you look at that Green Bay Packer offense, like he's still going to be a big part of it. LaFleur loves running the ball. I mean, yes, they drafted AJ Dillon. But I I beg you to look at the local Green Bay beat reporters and find anyone writing an article about AJ Dillon that just isn't about his legs and not, <laughs> it's just like he has big legs not like he's figuring out the offense he's going to be involved yeah. in the passing game I think Aaron Jones is kind of just it, people are like out thinking this the the guy had a ton of production and yeah maybe he doesn't he's going to have some touchdown regression but even if he does. I still think he's a decent play in round two. My tease, DeAndre Hopkins, Kramer. Ooh, I'm, kind, I'm kind of out on DeAndre Hopkins. There's a lot going on with this oh. contract. To me, the biggest issue with DeAndre Hopkins is going from one team to the other, right? Like you watch DeAndre Hopkins in Houston. Why was DeAndre Hopkins so good? Because when you threw him the ball, he was always covered, but he always made the catch. And I think that's going to be tough for a guy like Kyler Murray to develop that chemistry. Oh, and we see it you. all the time when a, a receiver goes from one team to the next. Their fantasy production dips. I think it's just going to take a while to get used to the idea of like, okay, I'm dropping back to pass. DeAndre Hopkins is definitely covered. I still have to throw him the ball, and without any preseason, I, I think they're going to get off to a slow start. So he's still going to have a decent year, but I, I think round two you can find. I, I own so much value. DeAndre Hopkins this year. Joe, what are you doing in round two here? Uh, first and foremost, I want to lead off and say I kind of agree. I'm not drafting a quarterback in this round, whether it's Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, but I couldn't bring myself to call them teases because <laughs> they're obviously league winning type of guys. Just not my strategy. My lock is Tyree Kill. Um, if you want to invest in the Chiefs offense, maybe you didn't get a piece of uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire in the first round. I, I would take Tyreek Hill. I think he's due for some positive touchdown regression. I think, especially in best ball, he's my favorite pick in this range. If you want a guy who probably gives you a really high ceiling, but also a decent floor, my dog is George Kittle. And 
when we look at the the San Francisco 49ers receiving core, it has taken a hit here in uh, the, the preseason phase, even though there's no preseason. Brandon Ayuk was burning it up in training camp. He goes down with a hamstring injury, might be a little slow off the mark. Debo Samuel still isn't practicing, might be ready for week one, but if he is, he won't be 100%. Um, I think JJ Nelson got hurt. Richie James got hurt. So there are a lot of targets here that are going to be filtered George Kittle's way. Some people scoff at drafting a tight end early. I'm more willing to do that than draft a quarterback early. And my tease, I'm going to have to agree. It's DeAndre Hopkins. No. I, you know, when he first, got, when he first got to this team, I was like, you know, I'm not going to downgrade him all that much. And then you look at all the weapons they have the backfield. It's a good two man backfield with Kenyon Drake and chase Edmonds. Yeah. Uh, you have Larry Fitzgerald who's going to get targets. You have Christian Kirk. Who's going to get targets. Andy Isabella. They have Keyshawn Johnson. I just don't think he's going to dominate targets the way he did in Houston. I think he's going to have a good season, but I think he's going a little bit too high. There are receivers going in the third and fourth round. I like better. Oh man. I'm throwing so D-hop sad in the right locker. Now. Well, it's what's allowing me to get him with Christian McCaffrey, get him with Saquon Barkley. So I'm okay with I because, you know, in traditional years he would be a towards the end of the first round, yeah. early second round guy. So he's already dropping 50% down the board. Uh yeah, you're making me sad. I I disagree. <laughs> I, I I stand well, with hey, DeAndre. This is where you got to you got to you know, right. we're right up against it. We got we got to get some hard opinions locked in. Round 3 Kramer, what are you doing? Well, th this is a round where I, I, I'm going to stay with receivers, uh, and I'm smitten for the Lions. You know this, yes. Sean. Kenny You're Galladay. In. Kenny Galladay is a guy that I I am all in on this year. I love I love if you if you went running back, running back like you probably should. Like I just did in my slow main event team, Sean. I went I went Cook, I went Aaron Jones, and then I got Galladay in the third round. I love I love his ability to produce even with shitty quarterbacks last year. Stafford. As we've talked about on the podcast, Sean was the best quarterback, one of the best, depending on which metric you use in the first half of the season. So hopefully they can stretch that out for a full year. We can see Kenny Galladay on full display. My dog, he's kind of in this range. He's kind of slipping a little further down, and that's Chris Carson. At this point, let's stop trying to pretend like Seattle's going to be anything more than a team that tries to run the ball for the first three quarters yeah. and then unlocks Russell Wilson in the fourth. Chris Carson. Unlimited. Chris Carson is. <laughs> Is 100% going to see volume, and we we give other people uh, run for getting volume, and yet Chris Carson seems to be falling a little further than he should. And for my tease, I just don't. I, I, I this might be around early for the tease, but I, I just see it in the in the FFPC. I'm seeing it constantly. I don't get Jonathan Taylor being so high up the board when I watched Marlon Mack. I watched that. That's a crowded backfield to be investing a third round pick in this running back. I get it. He was a great collegian. I just, I'm not really, really willing to invest this capital here. So he's going to be my tease. You All can right. get Mac like six rounds later, five rounds later. I don't know. Round three for me, for my lock. He's just returned back at uh -oh. bears practice. Uh, there was some worry that he was nicked up and, and maybe he had been sliding a little bit, but Allen Robinson, I, I think he's going to have a huge year. Why are you shaking your head, Ryan? <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, baby. Well, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, the you know, know Nagy won't even announce the starter, aka Nick Foles is coming in, and Nick Foles. I, I think Allen Robinson is the perfect Nick Foles quarterback. Yeah. He's great at the jump balls, and Allen Robinson has 
put up great fantasy numbers in spite of having Mitch Trubisky and uh, Blake <laughs> Bortles. Like he's he's not QB dependent. I love him there. My dog. Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, I think he has a huge bounce back year with Big Ben looking healthy. I mean, we had our we had our boy on Merrill Hodge who said he went on that uh, that bear hunting trip <laughs> with Big Ben at high elevation. He was doing yeah, fine. Had no problem with eleven at, at eleven thousand feet. They so. put Juju back into the slot. I think that's the best spot for him. And Big Ben is coming in after a year off. Who does he have chemistry with of this receiver group? It's Juju Smith Schuster. So I think he's going to be involved heavy. My tease, a guy I want no part of this year in fantasy, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon <laughs> admitted that he's having trouble with the elevation in Denver. That's not a guy I want to be drafting. And he's had a rib injury. And just throw in the fact that like Philip Lindsay has looked really good. I mean, there's a world where maybe Philip Lindsay has an Austin Eckler type year where Melvin Gordon's out early and then Philip Lindsay comes in and plays really well. I mean, Philip Lindsay runs the ball hard. Maybe he's not as dynamic pass catcher, but uh, I, I'm I'm just not same principle, Melvin Sean. Gordon. You can get Lindsay six rounds later. Yeah, which, I, which is insane. And, and is there a world where Philip Lindsay has more fantasy points at the end of the season than yes. Melvin Gordon? Certainly. Yeah. Joe, what are you doing here in round three? Oh man, I have some disagreements with you guys, uh, but I do have an, a major agreement. My lock is Allen Robinson. He has been my favorite third round pick by far. And uh, we were just talking about, oh, Kenny Galladay got it done with shitty quarterbacks. Allen Robinson caught 98 passes last year. Yeah, exactly. 98. Um, and say what you want about Nick Foles, he's an upgrade on Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and I think Foles is going to win that job. So I, I, I'm in on Allen Robinson. Here we go. My dog is Jonathan Taylor. Ooh, okay. Because I think some people are are going out of their way to find a reason to knock him, and it is easy. It is uh, maybe not out of your way. It is easy to say Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines are there, and then I just look at Occam's Razor principle. It's what I said to myself when they drafted Jonathan Taylor in April, and I'm sticking with it. Occam's Razor. This is the best offensive line in football. Jonathan Taylor is a monster talent. They're going to run the hell out of the football with Philip Rivers at quarterback. I think he's the guy, and I think he's the guy earlier than most people are thinking. My tease talk about a guy I want zero part of. If we recorded this two days ago, it would have been Leonard Fournette, who I <laughs> in round three was like the dumbest yes. pick you could have possibly made. It was I'm actually upset they did this so soon because I wanted more fish in my leagues to draft Leonard Fournette in the third Chum. round. But but uh, it's Todd Gurley. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, the Rams ate $10 million of salary just to get rid of him. Yeah. What more do you need to know about the guy just yeah. to get rid of him? And I understand there might be the role there and I, this is anecdotal, but I, I'm, I'm going to go to an anecdote because we're on a podcast and people here aren't here to listen to us tell stories. Todd Gurley had like 1100 yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns last year. I never once regretted not drafting him yeah. because I fully faded him last year too. And what are the chances He's going to have more fantasy points than 1,100 yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns this year. I just don't see it. Like, like, give me, give me Jonathan Taylor 10 times out of 10 over Todd Gurley. Give me Melvin Gordon 10 times out of 10 over Todd Gurley because I think Melvin Gordon's going to get the calorie-rich fantasy touches in in the Denver backfield for a little bit of a disagreement there. But give me anybody in this range over Todd Gurley. That is a losing pick, in my opinion. Yeah, and quick nugget because for for even though I sh I threw shade on Taylor, I do in in best ball especially. You can actually corner the market on that like 
If you look at just the Colts and Niners, right? Two of the premier running games in football, you can effectively corner the market by investing maybe a, a fourth rounder on Taylor prop, maybe a third now, and then pulling Mac and Hines later. You can also go Mostert and Coleman and try to corner that. I think it's pretty interesting in, in the, in the theory perspective, because with the, the reason you can argue for Taylor at least the, in deeper leagues is I know where Mac is going and I know the equity I need to spend on the handcuff and spending a third and a ninth rounder to corner the market on the best offensive line in football. Isn't a bad strategy. So yeah, agree. Just being all out on uh curly and Fournette. want nothing I mean, to do with them. I have zero shares of, I literally, I have, I have close to a hundred best ball drafts well, and, and, and I, I have started, zero Fournette share. So yeah, I'm proud when we did the DK uh, best ball draft, I was picking like Chris Thompson in like the 18, 19 round because he has a history of catching uh PPR balls in the Jay Gruden offense. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some easy check downs there from our boy, Gardner Minshew, Ryan, before we get to the fourth round. Just want to give a quick shout out to BetQL, baby. NBA, NHL, college football, MLB, all back in action. You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. They got the bets, bets algorithm, scans thousands of data points, give you a best bet recommendation for every game. It gives you the reasoning behind why you should place that bet. Again, they got sharp data for all the major sports and it's uh, easy to download free to download. Just head to the app store or Google play store to download BetQL. And if you like their premium tools, you can get 20% off SGP 20. Use that promo code for 20% off your subscription over at betql.co. Enter the code SGP 20 for 20% off your subscription. Kramer round four. What are we looking at here? Well, again, if you're, if you went running back, running back, and you took a receiver in the third round, you're probably looking at this tier of pass catchers and saying, yes, please. Whether it's Ridley, whether DJ Moore fell, I'm going to call my lock someone a little different. I'm going to say DK Metcalf. Uh, I know you like him a lot, Sean. I just, the way that Russell Wilson in this offense goes, I know people still like Tyler Lockett. I, I his ADP is close to Metcalf's. I just think Metcalf is in for a big year. And I absolutely love him in this space. If the the more Ridley folks have come down, my dog is Sutton. Period. I have Sutton in my top ten for receivers, I, I, and you can get him in the fourth round, uh, which I, I I I I enjoy. I know there's questions about Locke. There's some other mouths to feed there, but I think Sutton is on his way to being one of the elite receivers in this league. So I think this could be the last year we see him go in that that third fourth round range. And then for my my tease. Sean, it's obviously going to be Le'Veon Bell. Yes, you just, you know, the the thing that really turned me off because I was I was the opportunity guy, <laughs> and then I then I saw the news about Frank Gore outperforming Le'Veon Bell, and it's like, well, okay, that that shouldn't be happening. Frank Gore got drafted in two thousand five. Yeah, I, I mean, he's of course my tease as well. Le'Veon Bell want no part of him. <laughs> Stay and away. When you see the uh, the player and coach that already had a history of not liking each other duking it out on Twitter. Where they said Le'Veon Bell's being rested for his hamstrings, and he goes, "No, man, my hamstrings are fine." Adam Gase is a vindictive guy. Apparently, doesn't know how to use his players. I mean, just look at Ryan Tannehill. As soon as he left Miami and what he did in Tennessee, that's all you need to know about Adam Gase. He, I just don't think he's going to give Le'Veon Bell the ball. Frank Gore could end up with more points than Le'Veon Bell, so I want no part of him. For my dog, I, I'm kind of uh, warming up to DJ Chark. I, I think Jacksonville is going to be in the position where they're going to be down big because that defense yeah. is just being completely gutted. Now you take out Leonard Fournette, and you know Gardner Minshew has a real connection with this guy. I think they're going to be facing you know uh, 
how often are they going to be going up against prevent garbage points will be had down there in Jackson. And, and it feels like similar to a season that Jameis Winston have where Gardner just, he has nothing to lose. He's going to throw it all over the place. And I think DJ Chark is a interesting grab there. And of course I'm lockstep with you all my lock DK Metcalf yeah. love all the work he did in the off season with Russell Wilson. Um, and, and he, he just learned seems, how to think unlimited. Show well, and he also, besides having an awesome rookie year, he finished super strong. I mean, yeah. he, you know, just dominated the Eagles secondary in that wild card game. And uh, I think he's just going to pick up where he left off last year. I love the connection with Danger Russ. So, yeah, give me DK Metcalf there for the lock as well, co signing that one. Joe, what are you doing here in round four? So, my lock in round four is a guy who I think can lead the NFL in targets. Um, I, I kind of view him similarly to how I view Devontae Adams this year, just going two rounds later, two to three rounds later. That's Adam Thielen. I mm. think he could get, get 150, 160 targets. He, he and Allen Robinson have been like an auto combo for me in the third and fourth rounds, just dominating targets. And Thielen has the advantage of having the rapport with Kirk cousins. My dog is Robert Woods. He's perennially underrated. Um, I think. I think this is a huge bounce back year for the Ram offense. And if they continue to go with a lot of 12 personnel with Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett out there, Robert Woods might benefit more than Cooper cup and my tease Le'Veon bell. Just yeah. once again, <laughs> like the, the, the running backs in this range, I have to talk myself into drafting them, which yeah. is why I like going with running backs earlier in the first couple of rounds, Le'Veon bell just, I, I, I was more into him than I was into Gurley or Fournette. I'll admit that, but still, um, there are there are sexy wide receiver picks you can make in this range, yeah. and you don't have to waste a pick on somebody like Le'Veon Bell. No, I mean it, you nailed it. Th this range of running, like the David Johnsons of the world, just like I, I want nothing to do with them. So no. I, I, it's hard for me to see myself in a seriously going anything but running back, running back. Yeah, and get those running backs, the high price running backs, out of the way early, and then just load up on you know rounds three See? through six. Just go heavy receiver, and then kind of get uh, you know a quarterback late. Uh, uh, that would be the way I would go. Kramer, what are you doing in round five? Well, uh, you know, let's start. Let's start with the tease because, uh, and maybe this is we're a little late on this, but it's Montgomery. I, I I think if you look at any of his metrics last year, you might use the crutch of saying, "Hey, this guy had no offensive line. He was getting hit in the backfield." He also had no ability to make yardage after contact. He also had no ability to to do any of the things that you would expect a plus running back to do. Now he's hurt. Want nothing to do with him, Sean. For my dog, it's Devonte Parker. Uh, he's we've highlighted all the reasons why you want some Devonte Parker this year, and and it, it really it's like a Fitzpatrick likes him. B who the fuck else is there? Uh, C. Miami, another team that should be slinging the rock. As long as Fitzpatrick is out there, they're going to be slinging it early and often. And for my lock, uh, you know, the more the more I've looked into this, the more I just I, I I just don't understand why Keenan Allen continues to fall. I understand he's not going to have the biggest upside, but we're talking targets. And I know I like Hunter Henry a lot, and I know I called out Eckler earlier, but Keenan Allen gets open on every play. He gets open on every play, and whether or not you like Tyrod or Herbert or you don't, he gets open on every play. And I, I just don't see the volume going down that much for him to be now dropping. A couple of years ago, he was a second round pick, and then he became a third, fourth round pick, and now he's dropping into the the, the bottom half of the fifth round. I just think if you're gonna, to your point, if you go running back, running back, you snag those 
two and th- their third and fourth round wide receivers, and you can add a, a, a Devonte Parker, you can add a Keenan Allen to that. I, it's just hard, so hard not to. So Keenan Allen is my uh, my lock. In well, this and and I think if just, you're, the floor it, is so high. If you're making a case for Keenan Allen, just watch Hard Knocks. Anthony Lynn wow. is just kind of in love with that guy saying, you know why I say feed Keenan Allen? Cause Keenan <laughs> Allen blocks. And that's he's Anthony Lynn that seems like a insight. guy when he says something, he means it. He's very straightforward. And uh, certainly I think the volume could be there. People seem to be out um, maybe on the quarterback situation. That's probably why he's falling. Maybe the age thing, <sighs> but James gone now the deep, you know, I, I don't know. I just, it just feels like I watched so many chargers games and he's so involved and when he's not involved, they suck. So. For my for my lock, I'm gonna keep it simple. Go Zach Ertz here again. You saw Jalen Rager <laughs> is banged up. Kramer thinks it's a homer play, but Zach Ertz is just gonna no, get in the, a, in the fifth round. That's crazy. A, a shit ton of targets. I mean, Carson Wentz. They're gonna be throwing the ball a bunch. And again, out of all their other receivers, he he had Deshaun Jackson for one game. Uh, Greg Ward maybe gets some catches, but other than that, it's just gonna be Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz. For my dog, uh, I'm going Kareem Hunt. I've been huge on Kareem Hunt in the whole preseason. Then you have Nick Chubb having a concussion issue already in camp. I think Kareem Hunt's going to catch a bunch of passes, and he's just I. You saw how he finished uh, that season last year. I think he's just going to be involved in the Stefanski offense. They're going to run a lot of two running back sets. I think he's just going to be pretty heavily involved. I'm in on him for my tease. I, I don't want any part of Devin Singletary. Mm. Uh, I, I'm just kind of out on him. I'm kind of getting. But Sean, no one circles the wagons. Well, and, and I think I like Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is going to get a lot of those Frank Gore <laughs> inside the ten uh, running back carries, or it's going to be Zach Moss. Devin Singletary, he's having fumbling issues in camp, and I, I think just Zach Moss is going to eat out a you know take some of his production away. So uh, I, I'm I'm staying away from Devin Singletary in round five. Joe, what are you doing round five? I'm going to start with my tease because I completely agree. Devin Singletary is my tease. Um, I, I was fully fading him uh, even before recent camp reports that suggest Zach Moss is looking amazing. Their ADPs have squeezed. Devin Singletary was once a fourth round pick and Moss a tenth rounder. Now it's more like a fifth than a seventh or an eighth. But I'm still in on Moss at the discount relative to Devin Singletary. He was a more productive receiver in college than Singletary. And that's where it looks like he's been doing a really good job in training camp. So Zach Moss is the guy I want there. Terry McLaurin is my lock. Uh, who else is getting the targets? Yeah. I am a little bit concerned that he's going to get double teamed a ton. I'm not a huge Dwayne Haskins guy, but I think he's a special talent and he showed that last year. And one of your guys, one of your locks, I'm going to have is my dog, Zach Ertz. Yeah. Why is he a fifth round pick? Yeah. It, uh, you know, I th- mean, there is I've that. seen him slip into the sixth. Like, and I think it's because Zach Ertz is boring. Yeah. Like, he doesn't get a lot of yards after the catch, like a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle. But the guy has, I mean, he is legitimate. Look at his numbers. He is a Hall of Fame producer through seven NFL seasons. And with, with Jalen Rager dinged, I don't think it's serious, but Carson Wentz is always going to lean on Zach Ertz. And if Deshaun Jackson is healthy and if they can get one more of those speed guys, whether it's Rager or John Hightower, maybe Alshon Jeffrey comes back in September and they can just get somebody on the outside who can create separation. That's just going to open up more room underneath Zach Ertz in the fifth round. He's become a value simply because he's boring, but he's still in his prime and he is a Hall of Fame producer to this point in his NFL career. 
Yeah, no, it's it's crazy that he's dropping. And Dallas I, I, Goddard. That's why the people are that, like, oh, there's this. No, there's another. That, that mm-hmm. could be that could be some of the concern. But they run a ton of twelve personnel, and I, I think there's enough to go around for those two tight ends. I think also, and you said it, it's kind of a boring play. Like you probably already had Zach Ertz a couple times on your fantasy in redraft league. So people. There is sometimes where people want to hype up rookies or interesting situations just because they imagine this crazy ceiling. Where Zach Ertz is just a reliable, yeah. like heavy production. The so Marvin Harrison conundrum. Back in the day, whoever auto drafted would always get Marvin Harrison because no one would ever want to take Marvin Harrison. <laughs> yeah, they've already had him a bunch. They and, want something new and shiny. But you know, sometimes production is production. Kramer, I'll let you kick things off here in the sixth round, closing it out. Lock, dog, and tease. What do you got going? Well, two of my guys kind of fit into the mold of what you're talking about, and that's, you know, everyone is grabbing AJ Green. We know nothing about what AJ Green is going to do on the football field this year, but we do know that Cincinnati is probably going to throw the ball a lot. We do know that Cincinnati has a bad uh, defense. Stole it. And my locks, Tyler Boyd. Uh, I think. You know, you might even be able, be able to get him a, a round later because my tease is AJ Green because I, I keep I keep participating in these these best ball drafts where I see both those guys go in the same round and it's like who was taking AJ Green over Tyler Boyd? I, I get it, he, you remember him as being this great receiver, but again, I would rather take the guy who I know is going to get the targets this year. And for my dog, James White, I. You know, I I considered uh, throwing out uh, Lindsey, but he's going even further. Uh, James James White is you know you can try to stab on the other guy. You can try to figure out is it going to be Harris, Michelle, maybe Fournette's going to come to town. Uh, maybe you're going to hear Rex Burkhead's name again, and and he's going to randomly have two games where he scores four touchdowns. But to me, James White, it it, it feels like this offense is going to be tailor made for a lot of James White in the passing game. So to be able to get James White in your sixth, seventh round, uh, you know, to be your third running back, if you went with that running back, running back, three straight pass catchers, now back to the running back, you can do worse. So my dog's going to be James White. Yeah, and uh, wait, did you say your tease, Kramer? AJ Green. Oh yeah, okay. Oh, you jumped. Run for the hills. Yeah, and and James White, he could be, and now certainly he's not going to have Christian McCaffrey numbers, but in the same way where you know Cam Newton checked down a bunch to the running back and got the running back involved in the passing game, I wouldn't be shocked if James White has a ton of PPR points for my lock Kramer. Where again matched up here, I'm also locking up Tyler Boyd. He's in the slot and. I mean, you all you have to do is go back to uh, Joe Burrow at LSU, who was in the slot there. Justin Jefferson, 111 catches, senior year at uh, L- or junior year at LSU for Justin Jefferson, 18 touchdowns. I mean, certainly Tyler Boyd's not going to get that. But if you're a rookie quarterback thrown to the slot or the tight end, those usually are your safety blankets. Where getting to the outside and getting those number one receivers that sometimes takes a little bit more work. Uh, and and it just ends up being easier throw. So I like Tyler Boyd there. My dog again. This is a guy you've probably had a million times. Certainly, there's injury <laughs> concerns. But in round six, I, I'm I'm rolling the dice here. Give me a little taste of T.Y. Hilton. The the buzz out of uh, indie camp there is that he's showing sparks of chemistry with Philip Rivers. <laughs> Philip Rivers playing in you know behind the best offensive line of his career, and he loves throwing to the number one receiver. Like he always gets that number one guy involved. If they're really gelling, I, I think T.Y. Hilton again. You're you're rolling the dice a little bit with the injury stuff, but that's why he's in round six. Uh, T.Y. Hilton could have a, a could have a huge year. And my tease, uh, Darren Waller. I, I I don't know. I'm just kind of out in general on on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders offense here. Maybe you know now that they uh, lost Tyrell Williams, his PPR share will go up a little bit. But why would you take a 
kind of rolling the dice on Darren Waller having another huge year when this Vegas Raiders team is primed for regression. When you can get Zach Ertz kind of <laughs> not that far off. I mean, who would you rather have, Zach Ertz or Darren Waller? I, I think their ADP is too close for me to even consider Darren Waller. And well, uh, also the the thing I would call out there too is you would have to take Darren Waller kind of at the start of a tier in my book. So you would be taking Darren Waller when you could probably wait for some of these other tight ends, whether you fancy Evan Ingram, whether you fancy Higby, uh, even Hunter Henry. So yeah. And I would probably, if you're going to, if you're round six and you haven't gotten like Kittle, Kelsey, just wait, Ertz, just wait and just take two, like take a Gasecki and a Hunter, like take two guys late and just stream. see who pops Just stream. Uh, Joe, what are you doing here in the six? I have three wide receivers um, and I have to go with my most drafted player in all of best balls thus far. My lock is Hollywood Brown Ooh, of, nice. of the Baltimore Ravens. I league winning potential. All the metrics suggested a guy who was awesome as a rookie, even though he was basically hurt the entire year. I think he's got true explosion potential and he's available in the fifth and sixth rounds off in the sixth. Absolutely love him at that price. Well, and, and real quick to that point, I mean, Harbaugh kind of came out and said yeah. the next progression in Lamar Jackson's game is getting the deep ball going. I mean, that mm -hmm. just lines right up with Hollywood Brown. And and I think that's exactly what their their run game does. The run game, all those run game concepts that the defenses have to defend, it sets up the deep ball. And Lamar Jackson can throw it and he can throw it well. Hollywood Brown can go get it just as well as anybody in the NFL. My dog is Will Fuller. Now I understand why he's a six round pick, because he's never healthy. But DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Whenever Will Fuller's been on the field with Deshaun Watson, these two have exploded. There is serious potential here, and I am willing to take the risk on Will Fuller because you're not really paying up for him. He's a sixth round pick. You can go uh, and, and if need be, replace him. My tease, it's T.Y. Hilton. Um, heard a lot <laughs> this this offseason that this is somebody who's a, a lot of the dings and dents are starting to take their toll on him. I think they're going to run the ball a metric ton this year. Um, now I think part of the argument with T.Y. Hilton would be who else are they throwing it to? It's been kind of a, uh, a quiet camp for Michael Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell in and out of the lineup who I think I actually like him really a lot as a yeah, late he, round he could breakout. Be, he could be a guy. fun best baller or deep sleeper for sure. Oh, for sure. But T Y Hilton, I just wonder if he's getting up there in age. Phillip rivers doesn't throw the deep ball all that well anymore. Um, I, I'd rather take maybe, and believe me, my, this philosophy has burned me in the past and we just got done talking about it with Zach Ertz. Oh, it's kind of a boring pick, but he produces my, my philosophy on this has burned me in the past, but I'm going to go with the sexy players in the sixth round. <laughs> and there are a lot of them. Hollywood Brown, Will Fuller, by the way. And if you want to be safe in this round, Tyler Boyd, you guys had already mentioned it. Tyler Boyd is the safe pick in this round, and it's the pick I love. Yeah, yeah it it's, seems like he's going to be the guy getting all the, uh, you know, getting all that the target share, right? I mean, every every league has those two or three guys that are just juiced up on rookies and guys who can have big make big plays. So and you just have to, you know, AJ Green falls into that category. I watched it last year in the FFPC drafts. I watched people like you know, mortgage a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick trying to, you know, th and this is that time in the draft where maybe you take a gamble, maybe you take a risk, but 
to me, there's better risk to be taken than an AJ Green than a T.Y. Hilton. To your point, Sean, not to not to continue to shit on your, your teaser <laughs> uh, or your your. your hey, you gotta roll the dice. I, I'm just, you know, you read the right camp report and you gotta, you know, look, that's a that's a gut handicap if I ever. Sean, had one. like I was telling you yesterday, Red Bull Racing. You know, I'm a big Formula One fan now. Yes. They say don't expect different if you don't do different. So <laughs> Sean's doing different. You got you got to go against the grain there a little bit, Joe. Appreciate you calling into the podcast. That was a lot of fun. Definitely uh, have you back on sometime. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Of course, check out his uh, website, fantasy points, check him out on the fantasy feast podcast with Ross Tucker. And of course, Sirius XM fantasy Joe, appreciate the time, man. Oh, thank you guys so much. I had a lot of fun. Kramer time to give a shout out to manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming your lead pipe lock for getting your lead pipe ready to go for action. You know, we're getting prepped for fantasy season and uh, let's be honest. No, uh, no woman's fantasy is a uh, gigantic (laughs) untamed bush. You got to clean things up. Manscaped is here to help. They got a, uh, they got that lawnmower 3.0 fire that thing up. Runs off a USB charger. Don't need gas. Don't need to hit that little uh, pump button on the side. 7,000 RPM motor with the quiet stroke technology. If you ever tried to do blow the bell grooming, you know, there's no margin for error. There's literally no margin for error. <laughs> you're, you're, you're asking, you're asking for a nightmare situation. If you, uh, if you just try to do it yourself without the proper tools and manscaped, you can't beat it. Lawnmower 3.0, love it, use it. Very easy to use. You got that sweet little LED light. Waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. And if you use our promo code SGB20 at manscaped.com, you get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you by going to manscaped.com, promo code SGP20, 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped. Yep, achieved my uh, goal of having balls that feel like a baby's bottom, Sean. <laughs> so fresh, so clean. <laughs> this gentleman, he's fresh off a uh, continued production for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, fantasy writer, contributor, Adam Pelletier. Adam, happy fantasy football season. Thank you. Happy fantasy football to you, season to you guys as well. Excited to be back, excited to talk fantasy football, and finally get back to things that matter. Yeah, exactly. no, I, that's the you said it right there. I was having a talk with the uh, the gardener this morning. Uh, not, I don't have a big. It's just a guy who cuts my lawn. I don't want to seem like I got some. Well, and to be clear, he doesn't use the uh, lawnmower 3.0. He uses like an old. He's using the lawnmower 1.0, and I was trying to tell him about the lawnmower 3.0, and he 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 seemed confused. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just having a conversation with him and just hearing him being like, "Wow, man, yeah, it doesn't feel like football's here," and it's really this the lack of preseason football, the lack of us seeing anything more than these practice reports. And, and now we're getting, you know, it's almost like they're trying to make up for the lack of preseason with having all this late breaking news that is going to impact your fantasy squad. Hopefully, you weren't a diabolical and drafted Leonard Fournette uh, because who knows? That situation, I guess, could get better. But man, this Kamara news, terrifying, right? Yeah. People are, uh, we, we just talked with uh, Joe earlier about the Kamara situation. Adam, if you were drafting tonight, what would you do? 
If you're sitting there in the first round, middle of the first round, and Alvin Kamara is there, do you grab him or do you or do you stay away? So here's what I'm looking at right now. We just got some more news out from New Orleans, uh, from the local guys talking about how this wasn't contract related, really. It was more related to some injury, and he was banged up and he got some epidural shots. And that's what kept him out the past couple of days. I'm still a little hesitant if I'm sitting there, maybe at five or six. I might jump Clyde Edwards Hilaire in front of him um, if I'm sitting there and both of them are on the board. But if I'm taking Alvin Kamara, if I'm there at like pick 10, I'm having no hesitation about it because a team that's going to trade for him is going to want to use him if the rumors are true. And I'd put a team like Washington or Miami at the top of that sweepstakes. And they are two teams who could really use a running back of his caliber. If he goes to Washington, I think he will contend to be the RB two on the low, low chance he gets traded, but put him in the number two slot. If he goes to Washington, because Ron Rivera just gave Christian McCaffrey an epic workload and Kamara or gave Christian McCaffrey epic workload. And Alvin Kamara is just as good as Christian McCaffrey. And that's a good point. I, I think, you know, and you nailed it. I think even if he gets traded to a less desirable location, if you're sitting in the back end of the first round, you're still taking him because odds are if a team's trading for him, uh, they're going to use his services. Now that being said though, Sean, I, I, I think we, we touched on this earlier. We don't think this is anything more than a charade, perhaps some sort of negotiating tactics, perhaps not. But I think at the end of the day, they both sides know the best situation is Kamara on the field for the new Orleans saints this year. So yeah, they'll get, I, I'm again, I have the nine pick in the FFPC tomorrow night. If he's sitting there at nine, I'm taking him. Yeah. I, I think I know that's a silly thing to say, but I'm, I'm, I, I feel like there could be a chance if this draws out any longer. Yeah. We'll see. And but I have the three pick in a week and a half after the Thursday night game. And if, if, if this has not been resolved by then, I, I don't know what the, uh, do I take Zeke? No, Ryan, you never take Zeke. All right. That I want to ask, all right. disgusting act. I want to ask, I'm selfishly hijacking the pod, podcast at this point. If you have the three pick right now, Adam, I, I just, are you taking Kamara? No, I'm going to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire right oh, okay. now. Whoa, the three okay. pick. Um, yeah. Saquon Barkley makes me really nervous in New York. Actually, I'd rather have Zeke, but if you Ooh. really want to be out on Zeke, take Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, especially you could even fade Zeke a little bit because we know Mike McCoy likes to use two running backs. Joe judge comes from new England where they are all about separating that backfield. And Dion Lewis is sitting behind Saquon Barkley. And if there's somebody Joe judge knows and is going to trust it's Dion Lewis, <laughs> yeah. the former consummate Patriot. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be a little worried about that. That's gotta be in the back of your head. You know what? I'm on to you, Adam. I'm watching the way you operate in slack over at uh sports gaming podcast.com slash slack. Uh, just, just fluffing up Sean's love of, the, uh, of hating the giants. Look, I, I think it's a perfectly believable scenario to say, Hey, Dion Lewis, he knows what he's doing. He's a professional. Uh, he's going to be on the field. Joe judge Saquon Barkley has been involved, has been involved in an insane amount of the passing offense in camp. Big time year for Saquon. I, I don't well, know what I'm Adam and I, Adam's I, a, Adam is. I can't take Hilaire either. I don't know what I'm going to do in this situation. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm really hoping it resolves itself because I want to take Kamara. I want Kamara to be the guy at three, but Jesus. 
Adam is a uh, mayor of uh, Bill's Mafia, and so when he heard <laughs> that I named Josh Allen the number one fantasy football quarterback and made them twelve and four, in spite and Adam did have issue that we only talked about the Bills for about ten minutes on the AFC East preview, but other than that, he is he is on board. He is uh, the wagons are being circled for a big fantasy season for the Buffalo Bills, and maybe this guy's your sleeper. But we just uh, hit on. Uh, I'm kind of out a little bit on Devin Singletary, at least where his ADP is. I'm leaning more Zach Moss. I like the upside of of drafting Zach Moss later. You follow the team closely, Adam. Which which uh, what are your thoughts on the running back situation there in Buffalo? So when we're looking at the Bills' backs, it's definitely going to be a two headed monster in Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. I mean, you look at how they used Frank Gore and Devin Singletary last year. Frank Gore led the team in touches actually with 166. It's insane. He was ju- he was just old man broken down. He had 16 targets. You know, Zach Moss is going to slide into that role and easily provide some fantasy value. But you also got to remember Devin Singletary only played 12 games last year, started the last eight, and still managed 150 rushes and 41 targets through the air for 180 touches, averaging five and a half yards a carry. He it really showed himself to be an explosive playmaker. Now, Zach Moss, bigger frame might be a little bit more of a bruiser, but I think you're doing well to draft both of them. Um, either one of them, feel free to draft them. You're going to be safe with both of them. I'm leaning Singletary and PPR because that Bills offense is going to have so many soft spots in coverage because there just aren't enough defensive backs to cover. Stefan Diggs, John Brown, and Cole Beasley. That's just Josh Allen. If he's if Josh Allen can be anything close to what everyone hopes he can be, the bills are going to win at least one playoff game. And I said it last time I was on, if he takes big strides, this is an AFC championship caliber team. If not a super bowl contender, if Josh this Allen is, takes uh, big I, strides, I'm loving it. This is 2020. We got, we got bills fans with confidence. Kudos to you, sir. That, that was a well crap. That was almost as good as very articulated Eli eulogy. Uh, See, this is this is the kind of stuff y'all could have talked about if you spent more than ten minutes <laughs> on the best team in the AFC East. Again, holding y'all to this. When we're in the AFC Championship game, I expect wall-to-wall Bills talk that week. Oh, we will not. We will not uh, do the Bills short there. Just for the record, Sean did have them going twelve and four, I winning did. the division. Yes, me a little bit more realistic with my constant prediction of eight and eight teams in the National Football League this year. So <laughs> I think Ryan. I don't think Ryan has any team in the NFL going. I, more than eleven and five. I promise you, Sean. For the NFL final predictions, I will have all the records laid out so we can see how silly it looks. All right, sorry. Let's get let's get back to it. Well, we brought Adam on uh, not only to make amends for our lack of Bills coverage, <laughs> but also to talk uh, deep sleepers and deep we, sleepers. or we'll just call them sleepers, mild sleepers. Uh, and uh, we figured the easiest way to do this was. We'll do one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and then a crazy off the grid yes. sleeper. We're defining a sleeper as for the quarterback, anyone outside the top 12 ADP, running back outside the top 36, uh, same for receiver outside the top 36, and then outside of the top 12 for tight end. Kramer, I'll let you uh, kick things off. I mean, deep quarterback class, you could go a lot of places here. Feels unfair and, and, and to be letting me lead off because while I am smitten with the Detroit Lions and I could tell you Matt Stafford is a guy sitting that at I, thirteen sitting at thirteen. If you want to apply a strategy of I don't want to waste a pick on an early quarterback, I'll take two, see which one does better. Maybe I'll flip flop matchups, but I'm gonna go Danny Dimes because. 
Marshawn fumbles might not count against you in your fantasy league. It's and true. this guy, he had a two to one touchdown interception ratio last year. He showed the ability to put up numbers and the defense doesn't look like it's that improved. So <laughs> negative game script as the fantasy nerds say. So I think Danny dimes going to be throwing early and often. Uh, we've seen what Jason Garrett can do with some talent on the offensive side of the ball. And you have you know, again, I, I called it out in the NFC's preview. The receivers were not on the field together. Uh, Shepard Tate, Slayton, Ingram, and Saquon Barkley played zero snaps together last year. So, objectively, there's some talent there. Denny Dimes has the arm, has the t- has the arm talent to do it. Uh, hopefully, Joe Judge beat the pussy out, beat the private school pussy out of him uh, with those uh, socks filled with soap. But yeah, of course, I'm going to go Danny Dimes with my sleeper at quarterback. Adam, what are you doing uh, at the QB position here? Listen, QB position super deep this year. You could you could go well in a lot of ways, but you got to be looking at the number one pick, Joey B, Joe Ooh. Burrow in Cincinnati. Love it. He was picked number one for a reason. And last year, the Cincinnati offense ranked sixth in pass attempts at 616, and yet they suffered through three games of Alex Erickson completing under 50. <laughs> percent Yeah, <laughs> and they also suffered through. Uh, just abysmal Andy Dalton season, despite being sixth in passing attempts, they were 28th in touchdowns and 27th in net yards in attempt. You got to be looking at Joe Burrow to beef up that number. Um, whether AJ green's back or not, you got Tyler Boyd, you got T Higgins, you got Auden Tate. Maybe you got John Ross. You got Joe Mixon back and under contract. You have a beefed up offense there in Cincinnati. If they throw it 616 times again, anywhere close to that, you're going to have three receivers getting targeted a hundred times and Gerald Burrow lighting the world on fire. And don't forget he can pick up some great, he can pick up some yards on the ground with his legs and in close, he's probably going to steal some touchdowns from Joe Mixon. Yeah. And rookie quarterbacks in general, they end up scrambling a bunch more than you would normally expect. And and that's certainly going to help real quick because the fantasy I, value. I'm a defender of all Ryan's. I think uh, when you said earlier, uh, Erickson, I think you meant to say Ryan Finley, who was a pretty sh- pretty shitty Ryan last year? But uh, I mean, is there a difference between Ryan Finley and Alex no, Erickson no. at the end of the day? Really, one guy's got some wiggle and might be able to play slot receiver in the league, and one <laughs> yeah, guy fair, cle- fair, one fair. guy clearly needs to be playing in the XFL. Well, my guy, and again, maybe in a twelve-team league, you don't need to go this deep at the quarterback position, but certainly if you like the idea of streaming some quarterbacks, or <laughs> don't, don't you dare say Nate Sudfeld. No, <laughs> I'm gonna say. Do uh, it. Gardner no. Minshew, baby, twenty sixth right now, the twenty sixth quarterback. But he has he has no concern about losing his job. They just got rid of Leonard Fournette, and <laughs> I, I again, I, I think this Jags defense is just going to be complete crap, and they're going to be throwing all the time. And you talk about rushing yards; he was second in quarterback rushing yards last year. No one even talks about it. He did that. Minshew did that in twelve games and twelve starts. Yeah. He had three hundred forty four rushing yards. I think they're going to be facing a lot of prevent defenses and literally this guy has nothing to lose. Like <laughs> they've said, Hey, we're essentially we're, we're tanking. We're going to try and get Trevor Lawrence. We're loading up on picks. We're taking away uh, any skill players that might be able to help you. Do you think he's just going to sit back and play conservative and be game manager? No. Minshew is anything but conservative. He's going to throw it around, and I think he's just going to go for he's, it. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick wielding a cock. That's yes. that's Gardner Minshew. Long cocks. Kramer, what are you doing? Uh, RB one of this sleeper team. 
It's all right. So it's not, I'm going to throw his name out. We're not going to use it. Cause it's not fair, but Armstead uh, now that he's the starting running back in Jacksonville, I know there's some, some potential injury Ozigbo or whatever is now the backup. He could get some run week one. If I, I'm going to stay away from that. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fair. That's he's not going to be a sleeper. He's going to be shooting up the boards, but I will throw out a sleeper. And that's by, that's a guy by the name of Tevin Coleman. Mm. Uh, I, I, again, you know, for both the Colts, which we addressed earlier, kind of relative low equity to invest in one of the best offensive line of football. Well, the 49ers are pretty damn good at running the ball too. And considering you could, if you wanted to, you could draft Mostert and Coleman with uh, sparing a fifth and seventh round pick, maybe fifth and eighth round pick. Uh, to me, that's crazy. Tevin Coleman, while he might not assume the main role ever, he could assume the Tevin Coleman role, which can be a productive back, especially if there's an injury. Shanahan clearly likes the guy. So uh, I ended up with a lot of Coleman shares in best ball, Sean. And I, again, if you just identify the fact that whoever is going to be carrying the ball back there is going to have production because that's what Shanahan does. I, I think to, to spare and let me pull it up. He was the Mostert is, is the, is going off as the 24th uh, running back. Coleman is the 41st. So you could, you could spare, you could actually, you could go fifth round or sixth round Mostert, and you could come back in the eighth or ninth round and take Col- seven, eighth, nine, take Coleman and you would lock up that backfield. So absolute sleeper there. Do I, do I give you all three or, or all two or just one? No, we'll just do one. Adam, what are you doing? RB one for the sleeper team. Uh, looking at Josh Kelly out mm. in LA chargers land, uh, Josh Kelly right now going off the board is running back 59. But the thing you really got to like is that that chargers offense has 204 vacated running back touch touches with the departure of Melvin Gordon. And that doesn't touch Austin Eckler's 224. That's a massive workload for Eckler. Sure. That might go up, but everything out of camp points to that. Josh Kelly has been the guy, the co number one with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson has just fallen back to the occasional third stringer. So you really got to like this out of UCLA chip Kelly you know, guy who knows how to coach an offense didn't get used a ton in college, but definitely has some potential and upside there. And the coaches love him in a Tyrod Taylor led offense with Anthony Lynn calling the plays that chargers team is going to run early run off. <laughs> yeah, it so, does seem like it's going to be RB heavy. I mean, I, I'm still high on Eckler, but yeah, I mean, as a sleeper for sure. And then if Eckler gets nicked up at all, I mean, uh, that, that could be huge. I mean, you can pick Josh Kelly at pick 235 right now. You can get him for free at the end of your draft before you yeah. go defense kicker. And if you can get a guy for free who's going to end up being a top 20 running back at the end of the day, you got to just take that shot. That's a shot you got to take. Now, I, 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 for my running back, this is a guy I've been on for a while here. And, and you hear, I mean, you just listen to the coach. You listen to Ron Rivera saying there's going to be a role for Antonio yeah. Gibson. He's going to be in that Christian McCaffrey role. If you're playing in a full point PPR league, Antonio Gibson RB 45. Yes, please. Oh. I, I mean, AP is ahead of him, but like, come on, how much does he have left? There's certainly a, a chance he could be even involved more in the run game. And uh, yeah, I mean, at RB 45, Antonio Gibson, I think could be a huge I just, the ceiling is so high for this guy. And I think he's, you know, you're, 
I guess an argument against is like the the uh, Washington football team's offense. <laughs> well done, Sean. You got it. But right. um, I, I think Gibson is just going to rack up a lot of cheap catches and easy yards, like we saw McCaffrey do uh, in Carolina. So yeah, Antonio Gibson, RB forty five. He's my first running back well, sleeper here. And you know, I he's he almost feels like he's going to be the guy that we're playing in DFS a lot as yes. a cheat code. Um, so yeah, who's your RB two, Kramer? Well, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I, I wrote down a lot of guys just in case we 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 crossed stream so I could I could pivot. And you you mentioned the Redskins backfield, so even Adrian Peterson is value because of how freaking late he's going. I know there's now talk that Fournette could land, uh, whatever. The a starting running back shouldn't be going that late. You shouldn't be taking handcuffs before a starting running back. So definitely don't be fooled there, but I, I'm going to go to your team, Sean, Boston, Scott. I, I think everyone is bought into this whole Miles Sanders is going to be the guy. Miles Sanders is going to be the guy Boston star uh, Scott. Uh, I would guess is going to have a role regardless of Miles Sanders. And if Miles Sanders gets dinged up, which he's been dinged up before, yeah, I would imagine Boston Scott is going to walk into a very productive role on a very productive offense. So uh, again, you know, Boston Scott is going off as the 45th running back in that same kind of Chase Edmonds, uh, Latavius Murray handcuff range, Pollard as well. So, you know, to me, of those guys, I like the fact that Scott already has a role. I like the fact that Scott's yeah. role is something real to start with. And then, you know, who knows? You know, you keep telling me that Sanders is healthy and it's all bullshit, but. What no, I, I think he could be involved in third down, and and when Sanders isn't on the field, I think it's going to be Boston Scott. They're going to draw a place for him specifically in the passing game. And I mean, Ryan, you know firsthand, Boston Scott destroyed your uh, no, New York it. Giants. Stop Spin it. moving all over the place. Uh, he's certainly a fun guy to uh. have on your roster, and and certainly a fun deep play. Adam, what are you doing for your second running back? Listen, this pains me to do it because I got to go to those bastards in Boston, but I got to talk about <laughs> Damian Harris here. It's a baby fucking wheel, man. Yeah, as much as this pains me to say, it sounds like Sony Michelle is the Sony Michelle experiment is on the outs here in New England, and Damian Harris coming up redshirted last year basically, like New England seems to really like to do with their running backs and, you know, at the end of the day, Sony Michelle had 247 carries last year. James White had 67 and Rex Burkhead had 65. There are plenty of carries there for Damian Harris to get to relevancy and going in round 14 is RB 51. You know, this is another guy you're going to take late. You're taking a shot on, but you're taking the shot on him because if he turns out to be the starter in new England, which very well could happen in the second half of the season or sooner, that's a guy you want to own because that new England offense will most likely be better than it was last year from a fantasy perspective, because as good as Tom Brady wants to think he was last year, he sucked throwing the ball and the offense was anemic down the stretch. Yeah. Cam Newton's going to be a shot in the arm for that. His running ability is going to keep them honest. So if I can go get a guy like Damian Harris in round 14 in my draft, I'm going to be a really happy camper moving into the season. And in the deeper drafts, like that's the kind of guy that could win you a, a league if he he does become the guy down the stretch and is scoring big points in weeks fourteen through sixteen. Sean, yeah. yes, well he he used mine, so I'm going to cheat a little bit here, and I'm just going to say, how are you not going to throw your guy out there? You've been touting him all preseason. Who? 
Chris Thompson. Oh yeah. Well, he was my. Uh, he was oh, going to be it, my. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'll Forget save it, Ryan. I'll, I'll delete that the, audio right now. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm going to go Philip Lindsay. I mean, he's right oh, there dude, at, yeah. at 35, 36. We hit on him a little bit earlier uh, when we were just saying how we're out on Melvin Gordon, but man, the elevation thing it, it just scares me a bunch. And Philip Lindsay was a beast, man. Like I, I, I just love how he's. He's all in on on uh, on Colorado as a state. He's a Denver kid. Like he just, has undrafted tattooed on his body. He runs so hard. I, I know it's kind of a cliche, but just watching that guy is so fun. He's had two years. Neither are the years where he was the guy in, in Colorado, really. And a thousand yards back to back, sixteen total touchdowns uh, between the two years. He's even slowly getting in the passing game back to back, thirty-five uh, reception years. So. And I guarantee when we watch the Broncos, we're gonna it's gonna be like a Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones situation where it's like, why do the fuck do they keep giving the ball to <laughs> Melvin Gordon? And to Melvin Gordon. Because they paid him. That's the problem. But I you know, he's got the rib injury. He I just I think Philip Lindsay is gonna end up having a much bigger role uh, than people think. Before we uh, get to the second half of our sleeper team, wanna give a quick shout out to Ace per head. That's right. Ace is the place if you're thinking about starting your own sports book. It's really easy too. All you gotta do is go to acepherhead.com slash SGP, acepherhead.com slash SGP. Use that sign up link and you can get up to six weeks free. Plus Ace, they offer live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Doesn't get any better than that. Top-notch customer support. And you don't need to know anything about set lines. Ace will do all the heavy lifting for you. You just take care of the customers. Ace does the rest. Ace per head is here to help you start your own sports book. Aceperhead.com slash SGP for up to six weeks free. Kramer, let's do it. All right, home uh, receiver. Homer pick. Can I jump in here yeah, real sure. quick on the Melvin Gordon thing? Oh no. Just a reminder, Philip Lindsay has more thousand yard rushing seasons than Melvin Gordon oh. does, and is a full yard per carry better on his career. Yeah, I mean Melvin just Gordon that dude has one thousand yard season in his career. And yeah. he's he's played 16 games once, and he's averaged under four yards per carry every year but 2018. And Philip Lindsay is just a much better runner. Philip Lindsay's gonna get the rushing work, and Melvin Gordon is gonna be the receiving back. Love it. Uh, you're 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 making me look like a genius, Adam. Speak, I appreciate you're speaking, that. Speaking uh, well, and, and this is where I go: Ron Dane, Michael Bennett, <laughs> Anthony Davis, Brian Calhoun, P.J. Hill. John Clay, Monty Ball, James James White, pretty good. Yes. Uh Melvin Gordon, Corey Clement, Jonathan Taylor. The long storied history of Wisconsin's ba- Wisconsin backs. And not too many guys in there became too productive, Sean. No. Had all had great college careers, but again, Jonathan Taylor, crown the man. Anyway, my uh my receiver, Homer pick, Sterling Shepard. Uh, again, uh, you don't need a, a huge magnifying glass on the camp on what's going on in New York to see that clearly Sterling Shepard, whether it's the routes he's running or the position he's he's on offense, he's gonna Darius Slayton shouldn't be going before him. And he is right now. Uh, Darius Slayton at the the list I'm looking at, Darius Slayton is going as I don't know. I can't find it right now. But Sterling Shepard is wide receiver forty two. Wide receiver forty two for Slayton, wide receiver forty eight for Shepard. 
Shepard's going to be a guy you're going to play every week. I think his floor is going to be high because of the catches. And I think he's going to score more touchdowns than he has in a, in the past. I know Colby likes to shit on Oklahoma receivers, but I, I just from watching the, the practices, watching the offense, Sterling Shepard is going to be featured. He's going to be the number two option after Saquon this year. So my first receiver is going to be Sterling Shepard, Sean. And again, the opportunity is going to be there because they're going to need to score points because the defense is not going to be that good. Love it. Giants defense sucks. We can all agree on that. <laughs> Adam, who's your first receiver? Henry Ruggs in Las Vegas. I mean, this is a guy they went out and got early in the draft and is just stepping into a Raiders offense that is just sorry. I had, exactly. I had to hear from uh, Gruden there. Listen, Henry Ruggs sounds like the kind of guy who's going to get his shit going mentally. All right. <laughs> it's just what they've talked about. They've used him all over the field, and Tyrell Williams isn't playing this year. They just put him on IR today. That's 64 catches out the window. They don't want to throw the ball to Zay Jones again, ever again. RIP to the career of Zay Jones. He can go fight for Jesus elsewhere. You know, Darren Waller had a ton of targets and you know, Henry Ruggs, this explosive receiver. You can get a guy who's pretty much his team's de facto wide receiver one at pick 127. So in the 10th round, I'm getting a wide receiver one sign me up all day. And and more importantly, I, I think Sean, you touched on this earlier when we were talking to Joe, but uh, being down on Waller, yeah, I think this is part of the reason you can argue being down on Waller because Rugs is going to infringe on that part of the field, and I, I do think, and there, you Gruden know, is the kind of guy that likes to play with his new toys. Yeah. I'll just say that, uh, and you can tell like Gruden's buying into the Raiders' philosophy of just win, baby, and speed, and you know he's drawing up specific plays yeah. to get Rugs involved into. To make it seem like it was an amazing pick, and they didn't do the wrong thing by not taking CD Lamb. So I, I love that. I love when there's a little angle of like why the coach yeah. and GM really wants to get that guy going. To me, and again, Kramer, you'll say it's a homer play, but Deshaun no, Jackson no, at geez. receiver 58. That is just way too far. Uh, Wentz is legit chemistry for him. They, I mean, they're gonna want to get the deep ball going. Now Jalen Rager was gonna eat away some of that production. He's gonna play now, one game. Now he's gonna be banged up a little bit. So. Right. People get hurt in the National Football League. You can't predict injuries. Deshaun Jackson, everyone in camp saying, again, best shape of his life. Uh, knock on wood if you're with me, he stays healthy. I, I love him. At receiver 58, that's just crazy. There's crazy. easily a formula where so he's crazy. He's uh the number one receiver on the team. Kramer, who's your second receiver? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm sitting in a similar range here, and I know that we've already discussed Devontae Parker. And how he looks to just be a monster this year because there's going to be so many targets. Uh, I think another guy that people are very high on is Preston Williams, and I'm going to stick it in that offense because you can get uh, you can get Preston Williams going as the wide receiver 51. Uh, the site I'm looking at ADP of 130, so uh, I, he's going to be there late. He's going to have opportunity. I think with the wide receiver position the first thing you have to look at is what, what, of what available targets are there? And you know, you, you like Gusecki for the same reasons. Cause you're not exactly sure who's going to get them. You know, Parker's going to be the number one, but who's going to be the number two. So I think to take a stab on a guy like Preston Williams, why not also Sean, the nice thing about a pick like this, you'll know very quickly. I think you'll know very quickly, maybe even week one, Hey, this is going to be a guy I want to hold on to, or you know what? He wasn't part of this game. Penland's cut his ass. So uh, and it, we're just a little PSA for the audience. Stay away from Corey Davis. I finally quit that man. <laughs> you got to know when it's time to hang it up. Adam, who's your second receiver for the sleepers? 
looking at New Orleans, they got Michael Thomas, obviously, and he's just been a dominant force, but they've never really put a true number two across from him before this year. And Emmanuel Sanders going off the board at wide receiver 45, ADP of 40 for the wide receivers. You got to love him. You know, this is a man who reliable before the last, before the last two years, uh, before 2017, 2018, always played 16 games. Last year was one of the only players to play 17 games, consistent thousand yard guy, hundred plus targets. And there are definitely targets to go around there in new Orleans. You know, Ted Ginn had 56 last year. Taysom Hill had 22, you know, they were throwing to Josh Hill 35 times. There's plenty of targets to go around there in new Orleans. So you got to love a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, who was the number one last year in San Francisco and produced now having less attention paid to him and you're getting him again at a great discount. Uh, and I think what's helping his, what's going to help his discount as we get closer to kickoff is Drew Brees and Sean Payne are back at it, hyping up Traquan Smith this year. <laughs> yeah. Which this is the year for him. feels like an annual tradition. But Emmanuel Sanders, professional wide receiver, we've seen him produce with quarterbacks that are not as good as Drew Brees. Even if Drew Brees is falling off the cliff, I, I do. I also enjoy. Emmanuel Sanders. He's he's uh, he's brought me some fantasy gold before. Well, we saw Emmanuel Sanders uh, do some things with the Saints in the Madden Sims. I'm gonna go to another Sim God. We just watched him last night on Monday Night Madden. <laughs> Give me a little uh, Alan Lazard, sixty first receiver overall. Very easy to talk yourself into Alan Lazard. Hey, uh, you know. Sure, Devontae Adams is going to get yeah. his, but if you're if you're playing the Packers, you got to roll coverage to Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard, I mean, we saw a huge jump from his rookie year to his second year last year, uh, getting 52 targets in his second year, three touchdowns on those, and I, I, it just seems like he's he's in good shape. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Alan Lazard. Just big ceiling for him and this and this Packer offense. Well, and, and the 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 reports coming out of uh, I think I saw a quote like basically, of course he's the number two receiver. He's a professional, and so I don't know if there I don't know if it if it's it that clear to everyone, but I've definitely seen some messaging out of Green Bay that he's very clearly going to be the number two guy. Yeah, and just this is from Packers Wire, but just this headline alone. Caring and hard work. Oh, there How we go. Alan Lazard earned Aaron Rodgers' trust. What? Wait a what's second. What's not to like there? Jim, buddy. Maybe he's a roommate. <laughs> Who knows? Whatever. Whatever their connection is, they have a connection. And a I think shoulder it's gonna... to cry on when Danica leaves. <laughs> I think they're. You know, I, I think he's going to be involved a lot, and he could be a fun flex play. Whatever. At sixty-one overall receivers. I mean, again, he's he's probably a guy like no one's even drafted. Which, which, by the way, we didn't touch on it, but Aaron Rodgers is outside the top twelve. Yeah, ADP, I mean, really, is- and that just shows you how crazy you can get with the uh, QBs and how you really don't need to uh, pay up for him. Kramer, what are you doing for your sleeper tight end? You know, I think there's a, a nice tier of guys outside the the top twelve, and I'm I'm gonna try. I think I know where you're gonna go, so I'll come back to my Detroit Lions, and I'll take T.J. Hawkinson. We saw what he started to do last year, and we saw what Stafford looked like when he was healthy. Uh, I like Hawkinson to take a big step forward in this offense. I didn't throw him out as a sleeper in the receivers, but Marvin Jones once again is is egregiously underdrafted. Uh, he's another guy. I think this offense—it it showed you in the first eight weeks last year that they can do something. And if Patricia can hold up his end of the bargain and keep that defense as shitty as they have been, there's going to be opportunity there. So I'll go with with Hawk for my sleeper Hawk. tight end. I love Plus, him. I mean, love ha- Iowa tight ends too. I, I, you know, in best ball, Sean, I got a lot of Henry paired with Hawk. 
Yeah. No, so. that's that's not a bad strategy at all. Adam, what are you doing at the tight end position? Third leg, Greg, may he rest in peace. Left Carolina is out there in Seattle now. Disappointing to see him leave Carolina, but that opens the door for Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas, absolute stud down, stud in the couple games he played last year. 30 targets. He gets to pick up Greg Olson's 82. And if there's one thing Teddy Bridgewater loves more than those two gloves, <laughs> it is throwing to tight ends. All right. When he was in Minnesota, he targeted Kyle Rudolph 73 times as a starter in 2015. And then coming back in 2014, another big year targeting his tight ends about 80 times. He loves to go to those tight ends. He's going to go to them over and over again. And with defenses rolling to Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore on the outside, Ian Thomas is going to be open in the middle of the field. He's athletic enough. He's going to pick up those big gains. And if he has some positive touchdown upside, you're going to be looking at a top six tight end at the end of the year. Yeah. And uh, I, I like Ian Thomas as well. I nice like that pick I. and, and Matt rule has made it clear. He's kind of the tight end there. And again, that's why you don't, if you don't get Ertz, Kelsey Kittle, maybe you want to throw Mark Andrews in there. I'm not as high. I don't him. think you even try for those top guys this year. Well, so yeah, I mean, just guys. take, take two of these guys late. You could have Ian Thomas and my guy, Mike Kosicki. He's oh. tight end 14 right now. I ranked him number one that hasn't, <laughs> that hasn't moved him up the, uh, the ADP yet. I'm not moving ADP left and right here, but if you listen to the uh, fantasy football, uh, we did the top 10 fantasy football tight ends and and go back and check out those podcasts. We we do a, a thorough breakdown of all the mm. position groups, top tens, oh, when they were happening. But uh, Mike Kosicki, he's going to get a lot of work. He's going to be involved in the slot. The slot. How's the slot? And you you've seen like the opt outs and uh, that are going on for the Dolphins. There's just going to be a lot of a lot of receptions up for grabs. And again, I, I think the dolphins could be playing from behind a little bit and Fitzpatrick likes throwing to him. We saw Gasicki finish strong, nice connection with Ryan Fitz magic at tight end 14. That to me is just crazy. Uh, there's a lot of guys and we named three of them. Another one, Jonu Smith, again, you know, yeah. opportunity is knocking. And, and I think more so than most years, I know this is probably a rinse and repeat idea, but you, you need to not take an early quarterback or tight end. No. I think, I think you just, there's so much value with these guys for sure. All right, let's close things out. Give a crazy sleeper. However you define a crazy sleeper. I cheated. <laughs> I have two. one Kramer's just going to make fun of me for saying it's a Homer uh, play, but don't say great. You can't say Greg Ward. No, Greg Ward is on my list. Oh Jesus. He's for, he's, he's not being drafted. He's <laughs> of course that does Des Bryant is drafted higher than Greg Ward. And, and he didn't Des Bryant's not in the fucking league. Like Greg Ward <laughs> finished up as the Eagles. Number one receiver in three yeah. games. He had 28 catches and, and Carson Wentz has a real connection with him. It Again, he's probably a guy with if Deshaun Jackson gets hurt, you throw in Greg Ward there and he's over the middle there. Uh similar like safety blanket type role as Zach Ertz. Greg Ward, again, undrafted guy that could get a decent PPR a look there and could be like a deep DFS play. Kramer, who's your who's your super sleeper? And I'll give my other one. My other one is, of course, <laughs> Chris funny. Thompson. Yeah, that's a good one. I love Chris Thompson. Jay Gruden loved throwing him the ball when they were together at the Redskins. And again, they moved on from Lenny Fourn. It's kind of just, uh, we'll see what happens in Jacksonville. But as far as 
running back, getting the ball uh, from a quarterback, checking it down. I could see Gardner being behind needing to, you know, again, maybe the defense is playing back and, and Thompson just racking up some easy catches. Deandre Washington. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, it, it appears he's the number two. And even if you love uh, Edward Tiller, like Adam does here, it's still ridiculous. This guy's going way too late. He's going in the 14th round. He's going in the 15th round. He's just for, for a position that maybe he'll have some value regardless, even if the rookie's great, but if the rookie isn't great and he's a rookie and there's problems, you could be looking at a situation where he's Washington's going to be more than just a guy that's, that's catching a couple passes. We saw what he did last year, Sean, uh, when Josh Jacobs was injured, injured, he averaged six targets, 20.5 fantasy games, fantasy points per game. I finished as a top 12 back each of those weeks. So, uh, you know, again, offensive opportunity. He's currently running back 60. That's insane. ADP in the, in the, the near two hundreds. So you, you definitely are. I, I would imagine Adam, you're handcuffing him as a Edwards Hilaire backer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You want to own either him or you might even think about, um, no, it's him. No, yeah. sorry. I got confused. It's him. Yeah. You just <laughs> want him and that's it all day. What about you? What's your, uh, what's your deep off the board undrafted right now sleeper that will save everything for your fantasy team. Oh, we are going way <laughs> off the board here Ooh, and we're it. embracing that fact that Jacksonville is going to be God awful this year. And Gardner Minshew is just going to be out there doing his Ryan Fitz magic impression, slinging the ball all over the yard. Yeah, love it. And we got to bring in the pride of Owensboro, Kentucky for this one. Keelan Cole Ooh. going undrafted right now is wide receiver one Oh nine. And although Chris Conley is second is technically second on the depth chart, Jaguars wide receiver coach the other day, when asked about his receivers, he went out of his way to mention DJ Chark. He went out of his way to mention DD Westbrook. And he went out of his way to mention Keelan Cole. DJ Chark had 118 catches, 118 targets. DD uh, Westbrook had 101, and Chris Conley had 90, with Keelan Cole picking up 35. But down the stretch last season and the, over the last eight games, Keelan Cole was had 20 catches for 328 yards and a touchdown, versus Chris Conley's 26 catches for 346 and three. Keelan Cole was capturing some of that 2017 magic again in 2017 in the yeah. second half of the season. Just the man carried my team just hopes and dreams <laughs> right there. Loved it with that 42 catches, 748 and six starts. Gotta love something like that. And then he started off the next year hot. And then Doug Marone reinforced that he's <laughs> one of the shittiest coaches in football by benching his best receiver. I mean, God, if you need more proof that that man is a pro receiver, Google his game against the Patriots and watch him windmill a one hand catch down the sideline against the Patriots in like week three in 2018, the man deserves a shot. He's got elite level speed. And in that Jacksonville offense, there's going to be plenty of opportunities as they're just going to be getting their asses beat all season. Yeah. I just imagine the Jags like could lead the league and passes attempted just because they're going to be down by so much. And Keelan Cole has an, ins- I mean, you look at 2019, he had 24 catches, three of which were for touchdowns. So that's an insane Touchdown to reception ratio, and I really thought you were going to go with Divine Ozigbo, who Ooh. I, again, I, it 
Armstead is the running back. Fournette's gone. Armstead's out of practice. Uh, he's next man up. So DFS lineup, I, I'm, Sean. I'm telling you, Chris Thompson though, he's going to be yeah. the guy as far as fantasy points because they're going to they're going to they're not going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have to throw it and and throw it to the running backs. What were you saying, Adam? Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. They're going to get killed every game. You don't want any part of anyone who's rushing the ball. Chris Thompson has the trust of Jay Gruden, and they're going to be looking to check it down to him all day long. Will he be your 2020 Tariq Cohen? You know what? It's he, too he obvious. Just might be. It's too bad Fournette got cut because now he's no, going to be. I know. Ball. And the same thing with the uh, Antonio Gibson in Washington. Like Darius Geis ruined everything. <laughs> uh, well, besides being a, a piece <laughs> of shit human being, but he really ruined my my sleeper fantasy thing. Although people are still looking overlooking Antonio Gibson, uh, which is kind of crazy, especially from a fantasy point of view. Adam. Appreciate you calling in and appreciate all the uh, cool articles you're doing up on the site. Just put out a uh, printable uh, draft uh, cheat sheet for auction leagues. And I know you're going to be posting some consensus rankings. Oh yeah. So uh, make sure you check out all of Adam's work over at sports gambling podcast.com. Make sure you give Adam a follow on Twitter at Adam Pelletier. Make sure you sign up for the free roll football contest sports gambling podcast.com slash contest. Grab your share of up to five thousand dollars, and uh, yeah, what else do people have to do? Well, sign up for the free roll football contest. Subscribe, rate, review, spread the word. Football is back, baby. Football. Head over to mybookie.ag. Use a promo code SGP. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. And for the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. Extra special thank you to Adam for making me look smart when I send a thing that has me contributing to a consensus rankings amongst my friends. So appreciate that, Adam. Kramer, let it ride. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.